You're listening to season five of Technically 200, a podcast featuring the stories of Black and Latina women breaking barriers in STEM fields, all while paving the way for the next generation. Tune in weekly to hear from our amazing guests to learn more about STEM fields, how they've navigated these fields as women of color, and about their many contributions to the overall world of STEM. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with Max Tuckman, CEO and co-founder of Caribou. Hi, Max. How are you? Hey, Amber. Great to be here. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast today and to learn more about you and Caribou and just all things um, equity, crowdfunding, and venture capital. So thanks so much for for being on our podcast today. Very excited to chat with you. So you are the 59th uh, Latina in the U.S. to raise over $1 million in venture funding and the first Latinx founder, male or female, to raise $1 million in equity crowdfunding. What is equity crowdfunding for any of our listeners that don't know? Yeah. Um, so equity crowdfunding is just one way that you can raise funding for your startup. Um, and it's, um, it's important that we kind of separate equity crowdfunding from, uh, we call it product or reward crowdfunding. So a lot of people know Indiegogo or Kickstarter as a product or reward crowdfunding site. Those are usually uh, for people who want to build a product or they have a product so that they can reward their donors with that product. Um, so regular crowdfunding is very much like I'm giving you money to go and build your project. And then in return, I get a reward. Equity crowdfunding, which is a little bit more complicated, uh, means that you're getting equity in the company. And, and there's actually a lot of different ways uh, that you can kind of get that equity. That, that's why equity crowdfunding is a tricky name. Um, uh, they're starting to call it like a community round. The idea is that everyday people in your community can invest in your company. So what that means is instead of having to be an accredited investor and the SEC has rules around that, right? You have to make a lot of money um, either by yourself or in a, a partnership. Um, and, and, and so it kind of leaves out a, a huge proportion of society that can't invest in startups. And the reason you want to invest in startups is because there's a big upside, right? Like you invest in a small company in the beginning days, and then all of a sudden it turns into, you know, figs or stitch fix or some amazing company. Um, so equity crowdfunding uh, was started by, I think it's the Jobs Act in 2012. And the idea was uh, everyday people should be allowed to invest in something that isn't a public company. So a private company, a startup. Um, equity crowdfunding is run through certain platforms. So there are certain platforms that, uh, that you can invest through. So you have to do it through a registered platform, uh, that makes sure that everything is, is legit. Um, because again, you do need to protect the investor, um, but you also need to protect the startup. Um, and the three top platforms are WeFunder, StartEngine, and Republic. Those are the, the three largest, but I think there's almost probably now at this point over 60 uh, platforms where you can invest in, in startups. And a lot of them have, a lot of them are very general, right? Uh, startup, uh, Start Engine, Republic, and WeFunder are very general. Um, and then there's some crowdfunding platforms that are specifically for women, for Black founders, for um, you know hardware startups. Um, and there's all different types of ways that you can invest when it comes to equity crowdfunding. So you can get equity, you can get dividends, you can get rev share. Um, there's just some type of ownership that you're getting because you're putting money into this company to help them grow. Um, 
And equity crowdfunding is incredibly important. I'm I'm very glad that uh, it was established because, you know, for women, uh, for BIPOC, for Latinx, for Black, for for any type of founder that has been historically ignored, um, we need alternative sources of capital, right? The the venture capital ecosystem was not built by people that look like us, and it was definitely not built for us. Um, and so if you are this founder who doesn't come from those communities, from those you know, schools, from those backgrounds, from those socioeconomic classes, how do you get your brilliant, amazing idea funded? Um, and that's what I love about equity crowdfunding is it really kind of levels the playing field and gives founders who you know, find a lot of bias uh, and, and ignorance um, in the system we can go to our community and to our crowd to support us to grow our businesses. So you're the CEO and co-founder of Caribou. And I've read that you've described Caribou as Kindle meets FaceTime, but there's so much more to the company. Can you tell us a little bit more about Caribou? Yeah, so uh, we bring families together in virtual playdates. And as you can imagine, uh, that was incredibly important uh, before 2020. Uh, but on March 14th, 2020, we 10X the company in 24 hours literally because we were the only platform out there that had this shared interactive video call experience for kids and families. Um, so what we are is imagine kind of a more engaging and fun activity filled FaceTime call. So there's a video call component, but we have a, an incredible library with thousands of books and activities, um, you know, in 10 different languages, uh, games, stickers, coloring sheets, uh, just all the things to keep a child entertained in a video call. And honestly, it's it's something that was necessary before the pandemic, obviously even more uh, necessary during the pandemic and after, because families are separated by distance. Whether, you know, a parent travels for work, a parent is divorced, an aunt or uncle lives far away, you're in the military, your parents deployed, or you've PCS'd and you're away from your friends, your grandparents live far away, one, you know, one or, or both. Um, so what Caribou does is really brings those families together in these multi-generational, uh, interactive video calls, uh, and you can do them from anywhere in the world. You can do them in any language, um, and you can do them on any device. We're actually the world's first multi-platform video calling experience for kids and families, because you can do it on web, Android, iOS, phone, and tablet. So what inspired you to create Caribou then? Yeah. We saw a picture of a soldier um, who was trying to read a book to his daughter through a webcam. I mean, it's this like heartbreaking photo. It's this humongous, you know, hardcover children's book. And you see the guy is trying to read, you know, this book. He's looking at the book, but he's not looking at his daughter. The webcam camera is really small. The book is huge. The type is really small. The kid can't see. I mean, it's a terrible experience. Um, and my co-founder, who's our CTO, is, is just uh, a brilliant genius. And he was like, we, I know we can build technology that's better than this, right? I, you know, it, it we've got to be able to read a children's book or, or draw together uh, in a video call. And um, so we were inspired by this, this picture of this soldier. And that's actually one of the reasons why we donate free subscriptions of Caribou to all currently serving U.S. military uh, and their families. Wow, that's amazing. What were some of the hardest parts about starting a tech company from scratch? Starting anything from scratch is really hard. Uh, I actually went to art school and I remember one of my teachers saying, you know, 
being an artist is one of the hardest things out there because you literally just have a blank canvas, right? And you are expected to create something out of nothing. Uh, so that probably helped. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's such a privilege, I think, to be able to create something out of nothing, to be able to, you know, to say something didn't exist before uh, before I, you know, worked on it and and built it and, and grew it. And most people don't take that risk. Um, I, I've noticed people are, they want a secure job. They want uh, health benefits. They want a steady paycheck. Um, it's really hard to go and build something out of nothing. I mean, you really have to take this leap of faith. You have to believe that what you're doing is, is world changing, um, that it's worth, you know, sleeping four hours a night for, um, and not seeing your family or your friends, um, being obsessed with this problem that you want to solve and building something literally every day I have to learn a new skill. Like this is, I mean, I have an MBA and that's great, but the MBA that I got from running caribou and learning a new skill every day is to me, I think, uh, way more of a helpful degree. Um, than any other like actual degree I've gotten from an institution. And that's that's fun, but it's daunting. I kind of just want to segue really quick and ask, what are some of the, you know, some of the the skills that you learned out of this process of creating Caribou? Yeah. So when when you're a founder in the early days, you most of the time, 99% of the time, it's you by yourself or you and your co-founder, right? You can't afford to bring people on. Um, and so you literally have to do everything. Like, it's like not even a joke when I say you have to do all the legal, all the accounting, um, all the marketing, right? I was not a marketer before I started it, <laughs> but I had to learn how to pitch press. I had to um, learn how to do digital marketing, um, how to create advertisements, uh, you know, how to sell a product, um, how to talk about the benefits, not the features. Um, I had to teach myself how to do pitch competitions. Like what educational degree do you get that's like, here's how to do a pitch competition, right? Um, I will say that uh, I taught 12th grade um, and uh, in, in Liberty City here in Miami. And I used to always say, when you've been a 12th grade teacher and you've had to stand in front of 18 year olds, like nothing is scary after that. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, so... I think that guy, yeah, I think, you know, and, and honestly, like, this is so scary. Every day I have to solve a new problem. I like, oh my God, oh, Caribou needs, uh, you know, a PR kit. Okay, I'll build it, right? Let me Google what PR kit has and like figure it out and make it and and talk to people that I know in my network. I mean, the network becomes so important. The community mm -hmm. that you build around you becomes so important. And again, this goes back to equity crowdfunding, right? I literally could not have raised what we did on equity crowdfunding without this amazing community that I built. Um, but this was a community that I relied on to learn how to do all these things um, that, uh, you know, no one teaches you. And and it's fun. It's crazy and it's stressful, but it's really fun too. Yeah. It sounds like you're wearing a lot of different hats all the time. Yeah. So and making your own hats. You are your own, like you literally have to go buy the fabric and like make <laughs> And then wear that hat. <laughs> Make it oh my gosh. Um, so, you know, you touched on how equity crowdfunding really helped in the process of learning how to do all those things on your own as a co-founder. But equity crowdfunding is just one of the ways that you fundraise for Caribou. What were some of the alternative sources of capital? 
Yeah. So um, I think it's really important. You know, one of the reasons that I do a lot of these speaking engagements around equity crowdfunding is that it's that's the key word is alternative sources of capital. Right. There's a 90, 98, I think it is, percent of businesses do not raise venture funding. Um, and that's startups, too. Right. Like, I think, you know, if you read TechCrunch every day, you think that every startup is raising venture capital. Uh, but it's not true. And especially, again, for historically ignored um, communities and and founders of color, or socioeconomic backgrounds, um, we don't get that same access, right? The statistics are are abysmal. It's like less than 2% of venture capital goes to women and uh, and founders of color. Like, seriously? Like, that's yeah. so unacceptable. Um, and so if only 2% of funding is going to someone that looks like me, and I have white privilege, right? Like, so I... Um, and I own that. Um, but, you know, for someone who is being uh, discriminated against for so many reasons when they walk in the door, right? I mean, even uh, uh, someone who walks in pregnant, right? Or someone with a, a differing ability, like there's so many ways that people look at you and make assumptions. Um, and so for those of us where access to venture funding is not as readily available, we have to come up with other ways to grow our business. Obviously, the number one way to grow your business is revenue, right? Your customers should pay you for what you produce and they keep paying you because they like it and you're able to keep your costs down and that's the normal way to run a business. Um, but when you start getting into tech, you need more funding at the beginning to scale, to, to really grow the thing, to invest in it and, and, and to get it over, you know, kind of some of the chasms that you have to jump. Um, and so for us, you know, I literally fundraised from all different sources. We started with pitch competitions. Um, you know, I was out talking to investors and, you know, no one was really investing in the beginning stages. Cause again, I was a first time founder. They were like, who are you? Like, yeah, you know, what's your track record? And I was like, I went to a fancy business school. I'm adorable. Like you should definitely fund us. And they were like, no. Um, and so I did, I was like, all right, I got to figure out like another way to do this. And so I did pitch competitions and, and it was great marketing for us. And we won some money and, and we won, you know, awards and, and, and it really helped us out. And then we went to angel investors. And so angel investors are people who invest their own money, right? So these are smaller checks, usually between 5,000 and 50,000. Um, and these are people who are investing in you and really, believing that you can figure it out until you get to a repeatable, scalable model. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you find a repeatable, scalable model, you're talking to venture capitalists who are investing other people's money in you. But they have certain returns that they have to uh, give back to their investors, right? So it's, um, again, a more restrictive layer. We did, we were in some accelerators that gave us funding. Um, so we were in an AT&T EdTech accelerator that now makes AT&T a corporate investor in Caribou. Um, we, Toyota gave us a grant, right? Toyota loved what we were doing and wanted to support us. And so we've, we've gotten a grant. Um, we literally like, uh, we have celebrity investors. So we have celebrities who believe in caribou and think we're, you know, amazing and, and come from. So, you know, one of them is, uh, Grammy award-winning, uh, recording artist, Kevin Jonas, um, from the Jonas brothers. What? Yes. Because he's a dad. I'm a dad of two girls. And he's like, holy crap, like caribou's amazing. Like more people, you know, so like he invests and um, we have two-time NBA all-star Baron Davis, um, oh a, a basketball player and a dad and like gets that people are on the road and need something like caribou. So, you know, there's 
all these different ways that I love talking about all the different ways that we fundraise because one of those might click for someone, right? Someone might say, wow, actually, I do have a product where celebrities might want to back it. Or I do have a product where I have a huge community of supporters. So for example, a lot of people that do really well in equity crowdfunding um, are like microbreweries. Um, and it's because they have an incredible community of people that support that microbrewery, right? Like, a, I guess the way that they work is like you buy a subscription or a membership, right? Anything that has a membership has a community. Um, and I tell founders this all the time. If you don't have that community, you cannot do equity crowdfunding. Right. Like the whole point there's in the word, it says crowd, right? So like <laughs> you really have to have built that crowd and it's okay. If you don't have that crowd, go build it. Because there is no downside to you building a crowd and a community around your product, your company, and you, right? Um, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that's one of the the things I really try to get across to anyone who wants to go out and build their own company is don't take no for an answer. Um, don't believe that there's only one right way to fund your business. There's many. Uh, and get, you know, get scrappy um, and go find them. Yeah. And so you're kind of already uh, jumping into my next question. Um, but if you could give one piece of advice to any of our young listeners, any of our any of our girls who are listening to our podcast and thinking like, oh, my gosh, I want to be like Max. I want to create my own app. I want to start my own business. Um, what would it be? Yeah. Um, the piece of advice I always love to give is uh, because I think this is the hardest thing to do. Um, if you have an idea. If you have a solution to a problem, like a really big problem, like something that really affects a lot of people, a, a community that you're part of, a community you're not part of, but is suffering, um, and you have an idea and it is your moral imperative to go out and build it. It is, it's going to be risky. You're going to have to take a leap. Um, you're going to have to like, you know, make things work financially personally like but it's so important that we go out and build this world right and that we solve problems and especially for people who've his been historically ignored right um and underrepresented uh we have a lot of problems in our community that we are the best people to solve those problems because we see it we we understand it we've been part of it we we understand the the market. We understand the way that people work, the way that people need things, the way that people are suffering. So I would say, you know, jump in, calculate that first, and and really go build this thing, um, because you know the the world uh, will be a better place because of it. Well, thank you so so much, Max, for coming um, on our podcast today and for sharing more with us about um, about your amazing app, Caribou. Like this is such. This is such a cool app and I love the story behind it. Um, and I really think, you know, what you touched on with going in there and seeing a problem and being the solution is especially important for our young listeners. And I really appreciate you taking out the time to to share with us today. Well, I am a huge supporter of Code to College. Very excited about what you all do every day. Very grateful for what you all do every day. So uh, thank you to you all as well. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technically 200. Don't forget to subscribe and visit us at technically200.com. See you at our next episode.